this the Krusty Krab? No, this is hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Man, what is up, everybody? It is time once again for the Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top 20. It is October 5th. And then on October 5th, he asked me what day it was. I told him it was October 5th, which is not quite right. <laughs> I don't know how long I'm going to think that the October 3rd thing from Mean Girls is funny, but it's at least one more day, so that's what we're doing now. It is a beautiful summer day here in the middle of fall in the Northeast. It is pushing 80 degrees uh, already. Let me just double check where we're at. Uh, no, I lied. We're at 79 degrees here in Melville. So, yay me! I have to say, uh, after spending roughly 10 days in what I would consider to be proper fall weather, uh, most of last week and the week before that, we had a soccer game in Deer Park on Sunday at 4.20. Yeah, yeah, the girls laughed at that too, which says everything you need to know about drugs in our country. But it was also the hottest soccer game I feel like I've ever been at because it was direct sun with no wind. The refs even gave them a water break. Yo, it was October 1st, bro. <laughs> like, man. Man, oh man, oh man. That was that was a warm day. I was uh, actually just out before I had to drop Van Jose off at Mavis to get uh, an oil change and tire rotation because Carfax told me to. And I uh, decided to walk back uh, by way of Gregory's, I might add, where I got myself a Hall & Oates coffee. Now, I am generally a black-on-black kind of coffee. I like espresso. Uh, and that is like my thing. Espresso, iced espresso. I, my my go-to drink generally whenever I'm like at a Starbucks or something is a quad espresso, which is about as espresso as you can get, or a nitro cold brew. Both of those things uh, are exactly uh, black coffee. I will say the last time I met Jimmy for coffee, I got a nitro cold, nitro cold brew, and he got a nitro cold brew with sweet cream, and I immediately thought less of him. <laughs> Which is funny and completely hypocritical because I got a Hall & Oats today, which I like only, like, it has milk in it, which I don't really care for, uh, especially, it's oat milk too, so it's like, is it milk or is it just nut jizz? I think it's nut jizz. But also, uh, but it has a cinnamony flavor, which is what I actually like. I like the cinnamon in. I'm not a, a cinnamon. I am not a white girl, so I do not, uh, I'm not allowed by law to drink pumpkin spice. Uh, so I do like the cinnamon, though. And I will put cinnamon in my espresso at home, but, like, anybody that's ever added powdered cinnamon to coffee knows that basically that just becomes coffee and powdered cinnamon. And that's fine, but it doesn't really, like, blend in. So I happen to like the whole notes. I'm hoping to actually be, be out of that phase pretty soon because it's just not my thing. But uh, it is... Yeah, so the chat is... Okay, that's fine. Chat, chat is alive and well, fully critiquing. But I'll probably be out of that phase soon. I, I go through phases like that, and it's cool, because a lot of times it helps me be to like just do them and get out of them and uh, then just be done with them. And uh, 
by the way. I'm still looking for a new wing place. I don't think I posed that to the chat here. Uh, this will be important for local people kind of in the, the middle part of the island. I am done with wings over uh, several weeks ago at this point. Uh, I had gotten an order from there. Uh, we had had that uh, for dinner, and it was just, it was such garbage. Like, and it's been going steadily downhill, uh, like, for a really long time. But now it's just complete garbage. And I even, like, sent in a message being like, hey, man, like, I'm pretty, like, reliable customer and you're doing a really crap job and i just didn't hear back from anybody so obviously they don't want my money so i am looking for a new wing place uh if anybody happens to know one i'm thinking like the 110 corridor or anything around there uh all recommendations are welcome i know there's a couple like toxic wings which you can get at other places like dunkin donuts and has like a really high rating but you know uh pizza hut has a high rating too and i'm not interested in that so what I really want is Evenflow to come back so I can just eat their wings, but apparently that's not going to happen, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, so if anybody's got wing recommendations, just throw them in the chat, 99wnrr.com. I'll check them out. Uh, let's please keep them to Long Island. I'm not driving to Massachusetts or New Jersey for wings. Not on purpose. I mean, I'm not saying I won't ever, but I'm certainly not going today, so I need a permanent solution to my problem. Uh, but anyway, so I went up to Mavis today, and I, I've been going there for a very long time for simple stuff, um, anything tire, brake, or oil change related, because it's just, it's super easy. Like, it's a, it's a seven-minute walk back for me, so I like, don't even need a ride. But I've been going there for years, and it used to be really, really, really good, and they had a really good manager there. It was funny. He was like this older dude. His name's Marty, because that's what you name older dudes. And he was just such like an old ball-busting guy, like he just was. But he got the job done, and he kept the troops kind of in line there. And, and it's just been going steadily. Down. Like, he retired once, and they begged him to come back, and he came back for a little while, and then he was able to retire again. But, like, I went up there today, and it's like the oldest person there is, like, 24 years old. And, like, I don't have anything special. Like, it really went in for an oil change and a tire rotation. But I did mention, uh, listen, on the van, if you don't know this, uh, you might not know this if you don't own a van or work in an auto repair shop, but... A lot of the vans, like the 350 that I have, the tire pressure is different in the front than the back, and that's mainly because the back needs to be able to carry a load. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll, I'll grow up one of these days. It's uh, probably, it's just... It's always a no! Yeah, you know how. Anyway, um, so it's 60 PSI up front, 80 PSI in the back. And actually to tell them, because when you rotate the tires, you actually like kind of swap them out. And if you don't change the air pressure in them and retrain them, when you go to retrain the tires so the car knows which, which tire is flat or low when it's flat, uh, the, t- the car just freaks out. So I was telling them that, and like they didn't know that. And it's like, I don't think you should be working in a tire place if you don't know that. And the fact that they didn't have a manager on shift, like just maybe like I handed my keys to them and I was like... Let's hope for the best, because now I'm feeling like I'm going to get the oil pan stripped, the tires are going to be all wrong, and it's just like, man, I just don't have time to bother. Like, I'm not going to bring them anything serious anymore. They've screwed me on that, so I know better than to bring uh, anything serious to, like, a Mavis or Firestone or whatever. Like, I realize they're great C mechanics at best, so they just stick to the stuff, basically stuff I can do. Like, I can do an oil change and top off fluids and rotate the tires. I just don't have a lift, and I don't have two hours to do it, but, like... I swear to God, the fact that, like, I'm worried about my van is just really pathetic, so now I have to find something else, but that's going to be a harder thing than finding wings, because I can actually go without eating wings, and honestly, I probably should go without eating wings, um, but I cannot go without getting oil in my van, so I don't know why I started telling you that. 
but I, I will take your wing recommendations in the chat if you have um, So a little housekeeping. I printed out a lot, a lot of stuff going on this week, like lots. Uh, a lot of stuff actually going on with me this week that I opted to like not even bother talking about because it's just it's not worth it. It's me complaining about it, and who gives a shit, right? Like really not anybody at all. Uh, but there is a brand new top 20 out, and I actually have the right form this week because I actually did my job. Uh, it talks about building things with intention, uh, and I talk about how I can save money on IQ tests just by seeing what people's stance on Ukraine is. I have more to say about that. Um, shocking, I know. Uh, breathing is important. Miller Light at the Neon Skyline. Uh, I can't think of a better beer for such a glitter band than that uh, No Skin of Game. How nice that was to actually just go to a show that could have been a complete disaster for all I care because it has nothing to do with me. It's kind of a nice little break. And uh, then I can talk about like how some of the other things really just aren't shaping up. Although I do have to kind of start working on the Unplug show um, uh, December 8th at uh, Nostalgia. We're going to be doing that. I am scouting out some other location ideas with some help, uh, which is awesome to actually have some help. So thank you for that. Uh, more details on that when I get a chance to like kind of really uh, assess things. I do have to talk to Jimmy too, uh, and that is harder than it seems. <laughs> uh, harder than it would seem. Um, so Bacon is my podcast, full interviews with Kyler from uh, from the Muckrakers. If you're interested, most people probably know Kyler from the local scene, so check that out. Uh, discussions and drinks. I did not get a chance. It's uh, last week's Neon Skyline show. Uh, probably on my walk up to Mavis. I'll give it a listen. Later, if I get a second, um, Stranger TV content, uh, Mr. Waterbury has his after sessions where he sort of just talks about why he did or how he did the uh, what would Waterbury do. Um, I will say we have a uh, drum playthrough for Side Out featuring our own Monkey Man uh, Noodle. Uh, it is going into post-editing because we've made some decisions about it at last practice that we're going to... We're gonna we're gonna add to it a little bit, but the drum part is actually done, so that'll be out pretty soon. Not to step on Waterbury's moment, but it's my show, so that's what we're gonna do. Uh, but you can check out the Waterbury thing now. That's on Stranger TV, as is all these other things. Uh, don't forget Rebel Nine. We'll be playing at Mister Beery's on October twenty seventh. Please mark your calendar. It's going to be a hell of a good time. So, um, what do I want to talk about? Well, there's two things. Right? There's two things going on in the news, uh, kind of all political, politics, and stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, the chat's a big fan of Kyler. Yep. Yeah, I'm just going to say yes and reserve the rest of what I have to say about Kyler when, um, if you want to ask me in person, I can tell you. Um, but uh, I've been working with Kyler on and off for things for years at this point. Uh, and we're probably going to throw together a show with Rebel 9 and Mug Records in 2024. Um, just because we can't get our schedules we're together, we're probably going to just just land something and just do it. Um, but yes, so... Right, so a couple things that are going on uh, in politics, in, in D.C. Uh, the first of which, which should be no surprise to anybody, is they vacated the office of Speaker of the House this week. Now... 
If you don't know what that means, the Speaker of the House is basically the leader of the House of Representatives. He's the one in charge of the House. He or she is the one in charge of the House of Representatives. The last Speaker we had was Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, uh, who was uh, Speaker before and after John Boehner, even though if you read it as written, it's John Boner, which I always thought was funnier. Um, but Nancy Pelosi was Speaker of the House forever, and she was very good at it. If you didn't like her, that's fine. I'm not a particular Pelosi fan. But she did run the House incredibly well. Uh, but now the Speaker of the House, it's usually the, the elected person of the majority party, is going to be a Republican, probably. Uh, and that was Kevin McCarthy, who, in my opinion, is the absolute worst Speaker of the House that we've had in, in my entire lifetime. Um, and we've had some doozies. Uh, but he was absolutely the worst, mainly because he was such a pussy about things and pandered so hard to get the job and kept losing. It took 15 votes for him to finally get the job. Every single time, he gave up more and more and more power. And now, finally, the thing that got him the speakership, the, the, the final capitulation that got him the speakership, was this ability to basically vote to vacate the office if other people in the party felt like doing so. And that's exactly what happened. Matt Gates, when he isn't busy raping and sex trafficking people in northern Florida, decided that he really hates Kevin McCarthy. And that's true. Matt Gates is a huge Trump ally and hates Kevin McCarthy and has been basically a thorn in his side this entire time. And now because Kevin McCarthy worked with Democrats to avoid a shutdown, Matt Gates decided he doesn't like him enough to actually vacate the House. And it only took eight Republicans to get him out, right? There's over 200 Republicans and over 200 Democrats, but these eight Repu Republicans are the ones that made the decision. And the reason they did this, and you might hear all kinds of other things in the news, but the reason he did this... Is because Kevin McCarthy was trying to avert a, a government shutdown. Now, there are lots of people that think a government shutdown would be a good idea. These people are morons, and they don't understand anything about economics. First of all, the, the full faith and credit of the United States government, the reason that sentence even sounds familiar is because the world at large believes in the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. Because the U.S. government is not going to fall, and the U.S. government is not going to default on its debts. By not raising the debt ceiling means that we will not be paying our bills. Now, if anybody in my listening audience has ever not paid their electric bill, I grew up dirt poor. So we spent plenty of time not paying our electric bill, not paying our gas bill, not paying our cable bill, not paying our phone bill. Who knows what happens when you do not pay your electric bill? Anybody? Right. They shut off your power. And the reason they do that is because you're defaulting on on your payments, right? You are now a bad credit risk. And for anybody that's ever had trouble later in life trying to buy a house or a car and they see like, oh, man, you haven't even paid your electric bill. Fortunately, I did not have that problem by the time I was an adult because uh, my mom had a different last name than me. So blah, blah, blah. Ipso facto, I'm your boss. But also, it goes against you like a big black mark. And in what what had ended up happening because of the last almost shutdown was uh, Fitch downgraded the U.S. US bond rating from AAA to just AA or AA plus, which means our interest rates go up, which does not help with inflation. So if you think it doesn't really matter or doesn't affect anything, it affects you directly because it costs us more money to pay back our debt, right? Like you may not want to have so much debt, but we have so much debt. And generally speaking, and this is the part that I find super funny, the people that want to like not pay for the debt, like they're the same people that like don't want to like, you know, wipe out 
like student loans and stuff. Like even though Biden just did that sort of anyway. These are the people like, well, you you made a deal and you borrowed this money, you should pay it back. It's like, yeah, dude, the United States made a deal. We borrowed this money and we need to pay it back. We weren't actually trying to borrow more money. We're trying to just pay our debt. And I understand that people want to cut spending. I want to cut spending too, but the things that they keep blaming are absolutely ridiculous. And as I pointed out not too long ago, 97% of the debt that the U.S. holds right now, we owed before uh, Joe Biden even took office. And made, a lot of that is because under the Trump administration, they borrowed so goddamn much money to try and start getting us out of COVID that it just skyrocketed the, natu- the national debt. And now our national debt is well above our GDP, which means we might not ever be able to pay it all back unless we cut some spending. And that's all true. And that was all part of the deal they made last time when we raised the debt ceiling. But it doesn't change the fact that we still owe all this money that we have borrowed. We have to pay it back. And nobody in Congress or the Republicans in Congress didn't think that was a big deal. So they could not pass their own spending thing, especially these eight dipshits that are causing the biggest problem, the Freedom Caucus or whatever the hell they are. They just want like no more money to Ukraine. They want nothing but border security. And they, you know, just all all the money they're trying to cut, by the way. And I actually posted this on my Facebook page if you're interested. Not that I want to encourage Facebook use, but it's all about like taking money away from poor people. Like, that's their whole thing. They want to take all the SNAP money away. Uh, you know, you saw, like, Nikki Haley wants to raise the retirement age so people don't get their Social Security. Like, that could be a discussion if you want. But, like, they're going after the wrong people because that's what Republicans do. I was talking to somebody about unions and why if a union's on strike, there probably is a pretty good goddamn reason for it. And that you should 99 times out of 100 always back a union because they will not go on strike unless they absolutely, absolutely need to. Because those are people that work for a living and they're striking against people that don't work for a living. They're striking against corporate entities. We almost had a strike here on, in New York not too long ago because the ferry, the Staten Island Ferry and all the ferry union workers and stuff for the Staten Island Ferry hadn't gotten a raise in 13 years. That's a really long time to work at the same job through nothing but inflation. And they're going through the exact same thing right now with United Auto Workers. People are complaining that United Auto Workers want a 40% pay increase. Yeah, man, because they took a pay cut during COVID and when and they took a pay cut when the, the when everything during the banking fiasco, when everything was going totally south for the car makers. Well, the car makers are posting record profits right now and nobody seems to give a shit about that. Like all these corporate entities and like venture capitalists and stuff, they're making millions and billions of dollars. And these people that are working the line are asking for an extra four dollars an hour and like one day off a week. One more day off a week. And people are like, why should they be able to work four days and I have to work five? Well, take it up with your own goddamn boss. If they're able to get it done in four days and it's worthwhile to pay them to do it, pay them to do it. It's not like these companies are struggling. And it's so funny because half of America and they're almost all conservatives and Republicans are like, why should we have to pay workers more money? Well, why should we have to pay venture capitalists and stockholders and CEOs more money? I say we get mad at them. Why pay them more money? Because they aren't taking less money, but we all like, oh, the workers shouldn't 
shouldn't make more money. The workers should make everything. And I am no communist. I just live in the real world and have a goddamn brain, unlike pretty much everybody I ever have these conversations with, because they just don't understand. They're just not smart enough to understand how economics work or how the, the, the working landscape works. And they certainly don't give a shit about anybody but themselves. And that's really what the problem is, because they just don't care. They don't care about anybody but themselves and what their little, little tiny brain can process on their own. Every time you see me pick a fight with somebody on social media, that's exactly what's happening. There are a couple people where I will take a minute and I'll explain something and I'll say, this is this and this is this and this is this and that's fine. Everybody else that I just shoot down, it's because they don't have time to crack open their little walnut of a brain and try and squeeze at least junior high school civics into their head because they're not worth my time and they're not worth the trouble but for some reason they seem to have all this voice and say and people are listening to them and now they're causing us to basically just throw away the house of representatives because nobody is running it and the reason nobody is running it is because the speaker of the house dared to work with democrats to get a deal done to prevent the government from shutting down and that's the problem Kevin McCarthy, who hates the Democrats, was forced to work with the Democrats, which are almost 50% of the House, by the way, and more than 50% of the country. He dared to work with Democrats to avert a shutdown, and these eight Republicans lost their goddamn minds, and they fired him for it. Because they would rather be all Republican all the time than work together across the aisle to solve our nation's problems. And as much as I hate, hate hate seeing it from the super progressives on the left and never tolerate it, by the way. And I was never somebody that was like, never a Republican, never Republican. I will say I will never vote for a Trump Republican ever again. They're liars, they're cheats, and they're just bad for America. And honestly, anybody that supports them is either too stupid to understand or refuses to open their eyes and man up and say that I was wrong. This dude is in criminal, uh, civil court for fraud, and he's slamming the judge for it, right? He's mad at the judge because the judge is saying that he did something wrong. Yo, he did something wrong. He did something illegal. It is in black and white documents from his own company. This guy is a liar and a thief, and anybody from New York and New Jersey would have told you that if you had asked before the election. He is a liar. He is a cheat. He is a fraud. He is a scam artist. This is all true, and yet people are still willing to follow him. So, yes, I will never, ever vote for a Trump Republican for the rest of my goddamn life. But me saying never going to vote for a regular Republican makes me just as stupid as all the Republicans that say I would never vote for a Democrat. If that is, if those are words that are coming out of your mouth, this country does not need you, and we do not need your input at all because you are the problem. If you would rather just hold on to your team so hard because you would rather the Giants win than the Jets ever win a Super Bowl, not that the Jets are ever going to win a Super Bowl, but say Buffalo maybe, and you just would rather die than let another team besides, I don't know, the Islanders win the Stanley Cup. If you would rather die than that, if you would rather die as a Republican than, than get some help with Democrats that want to fix this country, 
then please do. Please just go ahead and die because we do not need you. You are a problem. You are a plague. You are a curse on everything that this country stands for. And honestly, I'm mad at you now because I wanted to talk about the fact that Biden is building, restarting, building the border wall, which I think is a huge and monumental step. And I think some good news for our country. And I wasted all my time talking about dipshit, dumbass Republicans that would rather be Republican than save this country. And if that's what you want, Please just go away because we'd be so much better off without you. I know I would. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, little Deftones telling you to get your ass back to school. That's what's up. Although I still think everybody's off this weekend, right? Columbus Day. Do we still celebrate Columbus Day in this country or is it Indigenous Peoples Day? Honestly, I don't remember. Now that I'm just choking on my own saliva <coughs> like a champ. <laughs> hey, man, did you hear that guy die on air? Oh, yeah, it was the best part of the show. <coughs> yeah, now that I don't have any kids in, like, public school, like, I really have no idea what the holidays are. And I'm also aware that I just don't get a lot of holidays at work. By the way, I am so irritated right now. Um, uh, you know what? I'll save it. I'll save it because it's about work, and I'm going to save it to calm down before I say something publicly I can't take back. So in the meantime, Blink-182 is just putting out new material, which is awesome. Oh, this is something I did want to say. I th- actually thought it was kind of cool. Um, I did not get a chance to review the uh, Blink-182 about the new song that they put out. Uh, honestly, I've just been having a like, tough week, <laughs> tough week, and I heard it was very, very tough to watch, so I figured I would just sort of not do that. Uh, it's still up on one of my tabs, though, so we'll get to it. But what I did watch, <clears throat> so um, when Tom left Blink-182, he, you know, he basically just, like, took a leave of absence. He didn't really quit, per se. He just sort of took a leave of absence. They got Matt Skiba to replace him, and Matt is from uh, Alkaline Trio, which is one of my other favorite bands, and he was just a perfect fit. He could do the job. He's just an incredibly talented individual. And there was just a point where there were rumors that Tom was coming back and nobody kind of knew what was going on. And it was kind of famous in those sort of circles because Matt was being interviewed like, hey, man, are you still in Blink-182? And he said, uh, your guess really is as good as mine because apparently he wasn't getting any answers. Uh, and then Tom DeLong posted, uh, I don't know if it was like a tweet or whatever. I think it was a tweet. Um, thanking Matt for his basically his service to his band it was I wanted to pull it but I just didn't get a chance if you get the opportunity like just to read this it's very cool because Tom basically thanked him for being an awesome musician Tom said he was a fan of his forever and again if you've never listened to Alkaline Trio maybe I'll grab some later I love Alkaline Trio like they're they're really such a good band um but uh whatchamacallit um so Tom was saying like he was a big fan, but he also thanked Matt for stepping in. And he acknowledged that if Matt had not stepped in, there would not even be a Blink-182 to return to, which I thought was a very cool kind of admission of how things actually work. The simple fact that they were able to go out, and I think Matt was on like one or two records, that Blink-182 was able to just sort of exist as an entity is what keeps it relevant. It's one of the things that we're always talking about, how like, you know, it's hard to sort of stay relevant. If you want more information of that, you can just listen to any time I talk about why Rebel 9 is doing more singles instead of records and EPs now. But I thought it was really cool. And then Matt 
finally answered back and said, dude, it has been my honor to play with such a great band. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you've you know, taken care of whatever it was you've taken care of, and now I can just kind of go back to being a fan, which I thought was super classy. I'm not doing at all any, like... I'm, I'm not doing a good job of just explaining either side of that, so I would encourage you to look it up, because it, it was a rare situation of some class acts going back and forth, in my opinion, and I thought it was really cool. But anyway, Blink-182's got new music out today. I thought it was one of the catchiest choruses I've heard in a really long time. Even if it's boring, it's still catchy, and that's fine, so I'm cool with that. It's Dance With Me on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. So, this is brand new from uh, Sum 41. Nice to see that as they're exiting their career on a good song note. A lot of bands don't even get the opportunity to do that. And speaking of bands getting the opportunity to do that, Mikey Weeman has joined the chat. Uh, aside from like his other 400 side projects, he happens to be in a band called Bacon Is My Passion, which famously never plays, ever. <laughs> and that is now really becoming a part of focus because I was under the impression they were planning something really great when they play at October 27th at Mr. Beery's uh, with us at our ne- at our next show. But it turns out, if you read the chat, it looks like even Mikey doesn't necessarily know what they're going to be doing. It's <laughs> October 27th at Beery's, which on one hand is like, hey man, that's only a few weeks away. But on the other hand, it's like, yo, that's only a few weeks away and you kind of got to get prepared for something like this. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Jimmy, do you know what you're going to be playing at the Bacon is My Passion show? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. So, not that there wasn't enough of a reason for you to come to Beery's on the 27th, but, you know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen up there. I will tell you, they're playing right before us. Uh, Not only do I not know who's playing with them. I don't know what they're playing, because I only know three of their songs. In fact, I think I know more of their songs than they do, so that might actually be kind of even more interesting. So you're just going to have to come by and see for yourself. Uh, That would be a good time for me to play a Bacon is My Passion song, but I actually don't have one handy, so I'll grab that probably for later, maybe even the Craving the Week. What I do have on deck right now, uh, we played the uh, Pop Goes Pump Goes Pop Goes Punk Goes Reggae version of I Do Anything last week by Ballyhoo and Friends. And I gotta tell you, it was just so nice to hear that I kind of wanted to hear the original again. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man. Well, listen, I might as well not bother keeping it a secret because nobody actually really cares. I mean, maybe somebody will care, but probably not me so much. Probably not you either. But, uh, yeah, man, so Mikey is in the chat, and uh, we are, uh, so today is Thursday, so tomorrow night, I'm actually going to sub in for uh, the great Jimmy G, and I'm going to be a co-host on Bacon is My Podcast, uh, mainly uh, for my severely incredible interviewing skills that I hone here uh, and never, ever week here on the Hard Rock Lunchbox. <laughs> uh, they're bringing me in as a ringer. They're basically just like, they were like, they tapped the right hand, like, send me the right-hander. And that's, you know, basically the reason I'm going to do this. Uh, so I'm going to be in to help Mikey interview uh, Shaley, the singer of Deshaw, who 
Uh, he's a he's a former member of, of Mice and Men, and I actually have to ch- I have to check with Mikey to see like what I can ask and talk about because I will say like I feel like my first three questions are going to be like why on earth would you leave of Mice and Men and <laughs> might not be the right the right approach. Uh, but Mikey did send me over some notes to study, so I actually have homework to do. <laughs> It's actually funny. Like I, uh, he, he asked me if I could if I could do it. Actually, he did it in a very Mikey sort of way. It's like, hey man, what are you doing? I'm like, first of all, how dare you ask me what I'm doing over a week from now? Like, you know I don't know the answer. Wait, wait, hold on, I do. Uh, what are you doing over a week from now? Do you know what you're doing over a week from now? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Fortunately, I have three or four calendars that I can check to see if I was indeed actually available. And it turns out I am. Charlotte uh, is going to have a ride to and from Frisbee, so I'm all set. Uh, but yeah, it was actually funny Like when he told me who it was. I was like, oh, cool, I love my men. I'm like, but I don't know who this dude you're speaking of is. Because I don't know them that well. I just know that I like them and stuff like that. And then I had to go back and listen. It was funny because I'm like, okay, the band's Day Shell. Let me check that. Sounds super familiar. So I'm like, listen. So like, oh, like, so I go to grab one of them. I'm like, oh, I played this song. I know this band. <laughs> so, so that was good. But I know absolutely nothing about them, like, personally. So I have to go um, ch- check it out. But one of the funnier parts, at least for me, is like one of the things is they have, he has got a, like a mini documentary coming out. I'm sure we'll be talking about it on this show. I don't think I'm giving anything away because honestly, I know very little. I only know as much as you would know if you were just asked to, you know, just who is this person. But they have like a mini documentary coming out, so I searched it up and look on YouTube. It's like, oh, cool. This will be this will be like totally all I need to prep for this interview. And it's like I go to click it. It's like this will be out in two days. I'm like, that's going to be two days too late. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be like, well, if I had seen your documentary, I assume I would have asked you this. But I, I, there's going to be like a list of questions. But I'm listening. I'm just going to try not to embarrass myself because I really do like Bison Men and. Um, I definitely want to ask a little bit about that. But I was listening to uh, their his new song, which is called You Wait. I guess it's just him. It's kind of like, he's, he's sort of like a DIY. It's kind of like, uh, what's his face from um, from Beartooth, where he basically just locks himself in his in his studio for like a couple months and then comes out with, uh, you know, and then you know, like, here's the music. You know, like, band, please learn this. So it feels like that's that kind of deal. So I've got to just double check all my facts. I'm going to actually double check my facts before I actually start asking him questions because unlike most people in the media, like, I actually have some integrity, so I want to know that. But I'm interested. I'm always super interested in people that do that because I want to see like what the hiccups are. Because uh, I know, as I've said probably way too many times, like that's how I did the Reality Crush uh, when I did the the second Rebel Nine record. It's all me, with the exception of uh, keyboards during. Um, the good fight they were at in post-production rihanna singing on quiet mind but there's a version the original like the recorded version is just me singing both verses and i just asked her to do it uh later on and then of course uh, at the very end i was still finishing senseless tragedy so i let kaz come here and do the solo but i did absolutely everything else on the record and then came out and been like here's the record now learn it so i'm always interested in like what kind of questions or what kind of situations and experiences other people in that situation have had That'll be interesting. But, yeah, I don't know when it's going to air. Michael know better than me. Um, yeah, right. It'll come out 
Mikey says the, the documentary is going to come out two hours after we start the show. So that would be perfect. So what I'll do is I'll, add a, I'll ask a lot of slow, misleading questions and then start slowly watching the documentary and then have like a lot of questions really towards the end. So I don't know when this is going to air, but I'll be, uh, I'll be the new Jimmy G, uh, new and improved, I, I think, right? It's always yeah. a no! New and unimproved Jimmy G for uh, this week only when we interview uh, Deshaun. Now, just to get you guys prepped for whenever it does come out, and I'll probably do it like ahead of them too, just to help promote. This is uh, what the new one sounds like. I was listening to this as I walked around Hexer Park yesterday. Uh, this music does not match the scenery I was in, which I found to be very funny in my own little headspace, but I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you're working at a metal working facility or car crushing place or something, but this might be right up your alley or uh, possibly not. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Well, I dared her to come up with something stupid and she did. Time <laughs> for Mel's musical moment. I will say, as dumb as this song is, I will say I was definitely humming it a little bit afterwards, much to my shame. And hopefully, much to your shame, as soon as we're done with it. It's the fast food rockers with the fast food song. If you need a bath- bathroom break, now's a good time. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Whew. Such a good song to be used. So, yeah, uh, something I wanted to say before, uh, during the uh, top 20, the intro, I'll just touch on it. On it now because it's probably going to become news in the coming weeks. And you know, if you hear it, I want you not necessarily. I want you to hear it from me first, but I would like you to hear some of what I have to say on the issue because it's an important issue to me. Um, so, in terms of the border, right? Um, our southern border, our border with Mexico, and kind of like the influx of migrants. I have been a uh, I think as far as things go with the Biden administration, it is the thing I have been the most outspoken against. Uh, I do not like their immigration policy that's going on in the country. I feel uh, my gut tells me that there are some other things at play here besides uh, the Biden administration just turning a blind eye to things. Uh, I don't think that is the case. I think it is would be stupid to do that. Uh, I ha- I personally feel like American Agra, like Big Agra, Big Agra and Big Corp America, like Walmart and Amazon, are pushing this policy so that they have access to cheap labor once the work authorizations come through. That is my gut feeling. I don't have anything to back it up other than an incredible history and track record of these companies doing exactly that, especially Big Agra. I know I spoke a few months ago about this bill that they were Republicans were passing in Florida uh, for part of the E-Verify that were saying they were going to be levying $1,000 fines to companies that hired uh, illegal immigrants and migrants uh, because migrants that are here legally te- are technically still are not allowed to work for three to six months. That's something that Mayor Adams in New York City has been trying to get around to get them out of the shelter system. But they are working anyway. They're here. They're working for cash, working off the books. And I've said for years how funny I thought it was that people in their pickup trucks with all the Trump stickers are still hiring day laborers who are absolutely not legally here because it's cheaper to do so because they don't have to pay insurance. So, like, you know, when I call people hypocrites, there's usually a reason for it. So I think that there's a lot of that involved. But I do think that immigration needs to be really addressed. I think it's a 
I think it's actually a legislative issue. So I think it's Congress, the, the House of Representatives and the Senate that needs to do it, not so much the president. The, the executive branch can dictate resources to it, but Congress really needs to defend our borders. That's their job, right? It's one of the things they do. So uh, Biden has somewhat famously uh, said and ran on that he was not going to build any more of Trump's wall. And he hasn't even kept that particular promise, which, again, I'm fine with because I do think there needs to be some border infrastructure. And I'll tell you one of the reasons that I think that even stronger now in just a minute. Uh, But one of the things that has come up is that all this time, like, The Biden administration has been building some of this quote-unquote wall because a lot of it needed to be finished because when Trump left office, like, it didn't just... Like, the Biden administration was like, all stop, all new construction, but you were able to finish the construction that was going on because you just don't leave stuff. There were holes left, and they were trying to fill some of those holes with the allocations that were there. But today, the Biden administration has basically a reverse course and is going to continue the wall building that the Trump administration had started, mainly because they have all this millions of dollars that Congress allocated for it back in the day that they need to now spend to continue on this wall. Most of it is going to be in South Texas, and that's fine because that's where a lot of the problem is. It's not only the problem. There is still Arizona, New Mexico, and California that are having problems. But Texas is a hotbed, and for us here in New York City, that is where most of the migrant workers are coming from. They are coming from Texas. However, the migrants are the ones that are seeking asylum and are coming here legally, not just sneaking over the border. So I'm not entirely sure how much that's going to help, but at least it's something. Now, the reason I have changed my tone in terms of uh, why I think a wall might be a better idea than I used to, uh, it's because of the following. I still believe that a wall is absolutely pointless and worthless because people dig under walls, people can go around walls, people can go over walls, and they talk about like how things aren't scalable. Like, look, dude, everything is scalable if you bring a ladder or have ropes or whatever. Like, it needs to be manned and protected. Like, just having a wall, all it really does is make people like, all right, well, I'll go around. Because you can't put 1,500,000 whatever miles of wall between uh, between Texas and California because you literally can't do that, like, without some really heavy-duty infrastructure development. Which brings me to the following. I listened to a podcast recently, Theo Vaughn's, uh, this past weekend, uh, Theo Vaughn, it's a two-year-old podcast with a former border control agent, and he's basically talking about the wall itself and Trump's wall, and he was saying, like, yeah, the wall, blah, the wall is the wall. But what he said, and this is the very first time I heard it, which is why I want to actually tell people, uh, he said the wall itself isn't really that big of a deal. What is important is what goes along with the wall. And he said, like, a service road that goes along the wall, maybe on both sides, so that people can maintain the wall. Possibly electricity, or maybe even water, or some sort of Wi-Fi or communications array, or something so that border agents can do their job a little bit better. In my entire time of hearing about Trump's wall, never once did they say anything about the infrastructure behind the wall that made it so important and so worthwhile? And he was saying that a lot of the border is desert. And, you know, what you see on the news is like, you know, El Paso and cities and stuff like that, like Tijuana. Like, you, 
where there's infrastructure, there's a wall, there's a gate, there's a guard, there's that kind of stuff. Most of the warrior is not, not that. And if you stop and think about it, obviously you know that, right? Like, it's just rocks and mountains and deserts and lakes and streams and cactus and pumas and stuff like that. Like, that's most of the border. That's why people are dying along the border, because it's like a 60-mile hike with no water. So, like, that's the kind of stuff that's going on. And it would just make things a lot easier for our Border Patrol, the 1,500 agents or whatever that we have right now, to actually do the job if they had some way of traversing that stuff. So while I still think... A wall is a very stupid idea. An infrastructure that kind of follows the wall would be very useful for Border Patrol agents to actually do their job. And maybe even funnel crossings into certain places that are easier to, like, catch people and stuff like that. But absolutely none of it does any good whatsoever if it's still being overrun by smugglers and coyotes and stuff like that. Not the animal, the people that are bringing other people. Because they do this for a living, and drug cartels do this for a living. They bribe people on both sides. They have expansive ways of getting drugs across the border. And no wall is going to stop them, which is why a wall does, still doesn't work. But I thought it was an interesting perspective to say, like, yeah, man, having a road there and maybe the ability to walkie-talkie back to base might be a good idea as well. And I think that that's something that needs to be considered, needs to be spoken by at least one of the two parties that wants any kind of infrastructure built at the, uh, at the border, because I thought that would be important. But of course, the number one thing people need to do is exactly what Mayor Adams is doing right now, where he went to Latin America. He's going to be going to Panama and Colombia and Venezuela and Ecuador and stuff like that. And he's going to be telling people that there is no more room here in New York City. He is trying to end the right to shelter law, which... Yeah, it's a really bad idea to end that because it's really important. But also, we've been pushed to the limit in New York City where we just have no other alternative, which is exactly why Governor Abbott from Texas started sending hundreds of thousands of migrants here to actually push this on us. Because what needs to be done is the United States has to have a very, very real PR campaign with Latin America telling people that they will be turned away if they come to the border. Asylum seeking needs to be done in the country they're in, at the embassies that we have provided. They can't do it at the border, and that will stop people from coming. If they think there's a chance they can have a better life here, a lot of times they're just going to take it and just see what happens. And that is something that needs to get done, and that does not require a wall. And that is why without a wall, for decades, we were able to keep a lot of that stuff at bay, because people knew that they couldn't just come here. So we need to do that, and that's my whole take on all that. But the Biden administration today started rebuilding, started new construction on the wall. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the Republicans pivot, because I think they're just going to keep lying about it and say that Biden isn't doing that, because it might just be like the oil thing I was talking about a couple weeks ago, where Biden was the Biden administration was not talking about it because it was something they ran against. And they ran against building more of, of, of the, the border wall when Biden ran for office in 2020. So I don't necessarily know they're going to promote it. So keep an eye out for Republicans continuing to attack the Biden administration for not building the border wall, even though he is, because that is kind of how they do things. And I talked way too long about that. What I really wanted to talk to you about is this next song I have on the box. I have no recollection whatsoever of this song. So I think it's going to be a perfect, perfect entry for... Does it box? Does it not box? Does it box? 
Maybe it boxes. It's Sullivan King Adventure Club and the dude from Atreyu doing a song called You Can't Break Me. And that is all I remember about it because I'm reading it literally right off the prompt right here. So let's see what it sounds like, shall we? Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, thanks, Adam. I'll get right on that. A little bit of new music from Taking Back Sunday. I prefer the heavier stuff, guys. Get back to work. I mean, that's pretty. Pretty and all, but like, let's, come on. Come on, let's get back to Tidal Wave. That was a good record. Let's do that again. So my boy Jimmy sent in some music. I don't know where he found this band, but I think they're from Australia, if I remember correctly, or somewhere in the... Oceania region of the world. Uh, I dug it. I dug. I dug it a lot. I want to listen to a little bit more from the band. Uh, the band is called Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers, which is definitely super easy to say. So thanks for making that more difficult. But the song is called Salt, and I could say that all day long. Hard rock lunch box.
don't know who was singing backups for Mikey at the Neon Skyline show, but they nailed the whoa, whoa part, which I honestly think is probably the most important part of that song. I could be wrong, but I think it's probably the most important part. And we should really just take a moment and applaud the unsung hero that made that song that night. Thank you, sir, wherever you are. Uh, my friends in Marwood's Fall put out a new song or released a new single off the record off their Waves record. It's called Wander This Desert. I listened to it the other day. It's a little slow, and I like their heavier stuff, but I do like the way it builds. And uh, you know what? After a second listen, I'm a fan for sure. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I know this music is, uh, this sound means it's time for the weekly craving of the week, but I am interested in something I'm just reading right now. Looks like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or AOC for short, blasted critics across the, across the political spectrum who were, are angered House Democrats did not vote to keep Kevin McCarthy as Speaker after Republicans ousted him on Tuesday. I want to address this real quick because she did awesome. Uh, and I am not a super fan of AOC, but she says, quote, Contrary to how, Kev- how McCarthy's defenders are behaving, men failing up is not a constitutionally protected right. Uh, as he said on social media, quote, the man made risky decisions and faced the natural consequences of them. I am not his mom, and my job is not to put pool noodles around hard corners for Republicans. Yeah, she's absolutely right. Republicans did this. They did it all by themselves. It is not for Democrats to bail them out. And Hakeem Jeffries, who I think is actually doing an incredibly good job as minority leader in the House, said as much. If McCarthy was a decent human being that wasn't busy reneging on deals he made with Democrats and then trashing them just mere hours before he was removed, he might have stood a chance getting help from the Democrats. But we don't want him. We don't want McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. He's a piece of shit and absolutely worthless as a speaker. And the only person that's going to be worse is going to be if Jim Jordan or, or Stephen Scalise get in there because they're actual scumbags instead of just worthless pieces of shit. So now that I've said that and ruined your craving of the week, I might as well play something not craving, which honestly I was going to do anyway. Uh, because Bacon is My Passion is playing on the 27th at Beery's, and because they only have three songs that I know of for sure, it's a hot damn bet that they're probably going to play this one. So uh, why don't we just give it a listen? She said you're keeping your eyes open to another dimension I can see all right but I'm too scared to mention The ending is clear and the way that I feel is keeping me up the things that you told me I'm not perfect, but you wronged me There's no way it's misunderstood I hang on every word you Always a fight, slow down You're throwing lights while I'm keeping my hands down Knowing that it's coming doesn't help If I am shutting my eyes to the sides As the blind leaves the blind You're always misleading I'm on my knees bleeding So make yourself perfectly clear I hang on every word you say 
That's me. How you doing, sir? Good, sir. It's been Very a couple. Good. Actually, no. You know what? I'm a little upset. What's up? Why? Why? You know, it's the happy hour, but the prices at the bar is not happy. <laughs> I'm not happy. It's not happy hour prices. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not happy with that. Hard rock lunch box. Yeah, man, that's how we like to exit the goddamn building, a little wage war. And it is indeed time for us to move on, because we have burned through two hours of this goddamn lunchbox, which is unbelievable to me, but yet here we are. Uh, in Quick Revel 9 news, we have gotten the final master back on the second single for the new batch of material. The song is called Into the Afternoon. I think I shared the artwork here a couple weeks ago. Uh, it'll be out probably in 30 to 45 days from today. I have to uh, go ahead and do all the submissions and all that other stuff, and I'm probably going to be able to get to that tomorrow or over the weekend. Uh, but yeah, that'll be your next single. Unfortunately, because of the way that the band has kind of delayed things, uh, just in terms of finishing it and in terms of agreeing on the master, we are not going to be able to have that song out before uh, the uh, Beery show, but I might be able to sneak peek it here the day before, but we'll see. I'd like you guys to hear it because we are going to play it, so I might just talk to the band and say I want to play it here and then just cut it from the replay so anyone here can hear it. Uh, but yeah, man, so that's going to be your next Rebel 9 song. There's two more already uh, being mastered as we speak, and then we start work on the live record, which is going to be super fun. But, yeah, let's get you on out of here. Uh, I decided to pick instead of something you can dance to, although you can totally dance to. happens to be one of the funniest songs I've ever actually heard in my entire life while still being a good song. So if you want to listen and just jam on a little bit the way Michael Jackson probably would have, you are more than welcome to do that. But definitely give the words a listen because they speak truth to power. And anybody that's insulting white women and their Instagram is going to be kind of okay with me, even though it's probably most of my audience. So have yourself a great week everybody thank you for spending a little bit of your time with us here at the hard rock lunchbox and i will see you again roughly a week from now right here sort of around noon maybe noon or one or two enjoy your weekend it's supposed to be beautiful and i'll see you then on the box hard rock lunch box